Welcome to Rap in Order, the interrogation of a hip-hop album, where we take some of the culture's most beloved hip-hop albums, put them on the stand, see if they stood the test of time. Now let's see who we got on the stand today. Dun dun. These are their stories. Welcome to another episode of Rap in Order. I'm First Class Reg. And I'm Tori MV. Today we're joined by that Aviles guy, of course. Yo. And we want to get into a very special album. Um, we want to get into The Great Adventures of Slick Rick. It was released in 1988. We know Slick Rick as being one of the pioneers of storytelling in rap music. Um, kind of switching it up with the way that we were used to it at that point, right? I mean, we're all in our 30s. But for me, um, you know, I know Torian has more of an affinity to, to Slick Rick's music than I do. So, like, doing a deep dive on this one was really fun. Um, I, I really haven't heard this album in a while, but even going to it, a lot of the tracks were already familiar because a lot of them really played throughout, whether they were singles or not. Um, it's just such a big part of our culture that, like, you heard these songs even if you were trying to or not. Um, the album was really successful in the 90s i know it went platinum very much later on right yeah 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 so um so it saw its success slick rick is still held from this album and just from being one of the greatest storytellers in hip-hop and it's thanks to this album um it's short and sweet it's 12 tracks i know it has a deluxe version yeah um but i think with the 12 tracks is really the sweet spot to it as we know in 2022 a lot of albums are 12 tracks now mm -hmm. um but how do you feel about this album looking back on it and how were you introduced to Slick Rick? Um, I was introduced to Slick Rick via my mom. Shout out to my mom, Althea Green. Uh, this album came out in 88. Mm -hmm. Now let's talk about 88. 88 was an, was an insane year for rap music. 88 is the first, many people call 1988 the first greatest year in rap, like as far as like albums. Like, let me, I'll just, I'll list them off to you. Straight out of Compton, Long Live the Kane by Big Daddy Kane. We all know the Straight Outta Compton is N.W.A. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, Strictly Business by EPMD. By, by All Means Necessary by the Boogie Down Production, KRS-One. It Takes a Nation of Millions by Public Enemy. Follow the Leader by Eric B. and Rakim. Biz Markie is Going Off. Easy Does It, Easy E. He's the, he's the DJ, I'm the Rapper. Shout out to Will Smith and mm -hmm. DJ Jazzy Jeff. Power by Ice-T. Shout out to Ice. And Tougher the Leather by Run DMC. Those, that, and, and the Jungle Brothers had a project that came out in 1988 yeah, as well. That might be the best. That might really be the best year in hip hop. So, because of all so, those, some people argue, but some people also argue that '98 is I, that. I year. can understand that, yeah, but still, still, it, I don't even think '98 had. I think '98 is our favorite more because we lived that time and we got to to really experience it. But if you go by the, just the amount of people. That were mm -hmm. that came out like like yeah, like, yeah, um, yeah. like that that it's not the same like like right. that's a competitive ass freshman class that is right so what well, I wasn't even a freshman class but speaking of freshman class what I want to say what I want to say about about this right with this album right 
the anticipation for Slick Rick's album was insane because Lottie Dottie and the show with with um with Dougie Fresh came out yeah, in nineteen eighty five. So Dougie Fresh was going on tour and like Slick Rick was like an urban legend because like he, he would go around and like do these freestyles and shit like that and he had a British accent. Mm-hmm. Well, he was Jamaican. Mm-hmm. So to everybody that was fucking their heads up because you know Jamaican artists made reggae. So Slick Rick talking that way and then he had such an arrogance about him and like basically he was being held as like the next coming right Mm -hmm. and he got signed to Def Jam so him and LL had like a whole competition thing going on him and him and Rakim because Rakim was managed by Russell Simmons like so everyone knew that Slick Rick was coming but like he he got delayed two years and he was really frustrated because pretty much most of his album was done before 1988 he wanted his album to drop in 86 Mm -hmm. but like he they just they wanted him to like wait and just get things okay and so he did a lot of touring Right, and it was even to the point where like people, people, Dougie Fresh was the when he was going on tour with the Get Fresh crew, Dougie Fresh was a star. But they they would say that Dougie Fresh was his hype man, and he was Dougie mm-hmm. Fresh's hype man, right? Mm-hmm. So '88 comes, Slick Rick is like an urban legend, like he's talked about. So like we all know that Rakim and and Kane had just was just coming out, right? So like Kane was on the come up, but like the way my mom explained it was like Slick Rick was like this like mystical figure because like he would go in parks and do freestyles and he was this fly flashy dude so this is and remember like people say what about Kane but this is before Kane got money mm-hmm. so like you know Slick Rick was like doing that shit cause he was st- he was a stick up kid he was robbing people mm-hmm. he was getting money doing that so that's like the whole setup so my thoughts as far as like the album goes is like obviously this is a pivotal album and I think that I'll get into this later but I think that him going to jail made this album more like a, a, a more praise and held album and it's kind of the effect of like you know Biggie dying too soon as well yeah. and I'm not saying that it didn't deserve it but it made people appreciate it more is what I'm saying because we knew that we couldn't get new material right, right. from him mm-hmm. so like you know and we got a second album that came out um, the artist storytelling that came out in 91 but it came out while he was going to jail so yeah. a, a lot of stuff had to be promoted while he was on the way to jail right. and it just didn't work out like properly so it didn't work out like how uh, when Pop put out Me Against the World. Yeah, I still it's still a great album. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it didn't work out that way. But, like, um, I just think that, like, Slick Rick was a pioneer as far as, like, fashion, as far as arrogance and style. Like, you could see a little bit of so many rappers right now, mm-hmm. like, that, like, take from Slick Rick. Like, obviously, Ghostface Killer with the, wearing the extravagant jewelry. Mm-hmm. ASAP Rocky, you know, with the arrogance. He absolutely, you know what I'm saying, like, has probably, like, seen, Jay. like, images. Like, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, shit, yeah, the first, the, 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 ruler, the ruler's back, Jay-Z yeah. literally... Bar for bar, word for word, is you know what I'm saying doing that, and it's mm-hmm. and, the, and it's all homage to Slick Rick, and there's so many other like artists like coming along. I mean, honestly, if you really think about it, all of Kendrick Lamar's projects are storytelling projects, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I I just think that like Slick Rick's influence on hip hop, like I think that he gets recognized, but I don't think that he gets recognized enough, like not not to my liking. I think there's a gray area in his career for sure, and um, and it has a lot to do, like you said, with him going, with him being locked up, mm-hmm. and um, a lot of people, especially in our generation, they recognize Slick Rick for um, you know, for storytelling, but there's also not, they don't really have the receipts like they should, like they right. don't really know about the extent of it. People so, don't know um, his story, like yeah. like I said, and think about it, like. If you look back at the '80s and you think about all of this stuff, bunch, then sometimes it's like even hard to like be like, like I was asking, I was like, mom, like how was he considered the nicest? She was like, no, baby, 
because there was a buildup because he can't like and he, we were, we were waiting for his album since eighty five. Mm-hmm. She was like, so think about it, eighty like three years back then seemed like a lifetime, and then mm-hmm. we get in like you know other rappers. Rakim came out eighty six, right? Like you know what I'm saying, like. Slick Rick was like one of the, like, and then at that time a huge turn came in music. There were like artists who could become more conscious and talking because that was at the end of the crack era. And like Slick Rick was still more so like, you know, the party, funny, kind of like, you know, fart jokes MC, mm-hmm. right? So it was like him and Biz Marquis that like had that lane. And Biz wasn't as, as, as lyrically gifted as a Slick Rick. Mm-hmm. So, um, and so what about you, Danny? Like, did you, did you already, Obviously, being a fan of hip hop, you knew about the importance of Slick Rick. But did you already um, do like deep dives before, like prior? All right. So, me, I grew up till uh, till I was like maybe ten, eleven. Uh, you know, it was what my parents listened to, which is Spanish and English pop. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, when I started getting into rap. Uh, at the time, you know, I was more what was going on in the 90s. And then my brother, when I, when um, the Rulers Back came out, my brother was like, in high school, my brother was like, you know where that's from? And I was like, nah, like, I knew, I knew who Slick Rick was by then, but I only knew, but like, Lottie Dottie and like, Hey Young World and um, Mona Lisa, mm-hmm. you know? But I'd never done the deep dives. And he's like, no, you need to listen to this. And he played it. And I was like, oh. And then I saw all the influence he had immediately this is a great album like like it's a little uh some of the content gets really uncomfortable when he's you, immature he's sexist yeah yeah misogynistic it's, yeah. yeah it's a little rapey um too at times mm-hmm. so it's 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 uh it's it's harder to listen to now but there's still the production element of it the realizing how innovative he was at the time with the arrogance like arrogance i feel he changed the game he when did. it came to rapping with an arrogant demeanor, he used to call other mm-hmm. artists crumbs. Yeah, like like there, there's there's a uh, um, a change in the way in the way rappers came off. I felt after that, besides just being oh, want to be the best at everything, and the mm-hmm. arrogance mm-hmm. really was turned up, and like snobbishly, and it was great because he he knew he could hang with everybody, you know, but he was just gonna make music that was entertaining yeah like it was it was over lyrical you could play it at a party and it was entertaining mm-hmm. and a big part of that was the production too yeah um, uh jam master j um yeah mostly most of the album is produced by slick rick but jam master j has a production credit on there the bomb squad um one, and, of, the, one of the members of the bomb squad yeah i'm sorry yeah. i know this album like front. oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> i'm sorry yeah but um the i will say the funny thing is is that um Slick Rick's second album is insane, insanely slept on, and it's right, only that, uh, because behind it, bars. No, not behind no, bars. The second Art album. Artist storytelling. Yeah, the art, no, it's not the artist storytelling. I'm sorry, I said the wrong name too. So I'm gonna just Google it right now. But his second project is insanely slept on, and because uh, the artist storytelling is when I came out after he came home from jail. Yeah. Get it for you right now. The rule is back. Yes, there you go. Yeah. So the Rulers Back is his second project, and the Rulers Back is actually his best project. Okay. Um, so that was in yeah, that was in ninety one. Yeah, that the that that album came out in ninety one, and it came like he was already going to jail. He got sentenced to six years in prison, I believe, for assault, and then when he got out of jail, he got deported. Oh, so, he was bailed out of jail by Russell. Yeah, he was on um, the Def Jam. Uh-huh. 
okay. He was signed to Def Jam. He was bailed out, and but it, it was nothing that like Russell. Like he like pretty much like fought, like he was carrying a gun. I think the person that he attempted to kill was a relative of his, mm, his cousin. Was, yeah, his cousin. Yeah, so it was just one of those things. Like Rick just didn't trust a lot of people, and he had like a bunch of other trauma going on. But long story short, you know, um, people held it, the great adventures of Slick Rick in like high regard. But I really think that his second album didn't get appreciated because he went to jail. Yeah, and people just thought they were like, and then they knew once he got out, he was getting deported. So they thought like, and, the, and you gotta think back then hip hop was small, so they didn't think he could be like Twenty One Savage and like mm-hmm. still fighting and, and get just out still like go that, yeah. and do his thing. They thought like, yo, he's going back to London. We'll never hear from this nigga again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah, but um, because I, I I remember. I remember my brother like explaining to me deportation because of slick record. Uh, getting deport- I had no, I had no clue what that meant. Mm. Oh you yeah, because y'all American. Yeah, Puerto Ricans American. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, <laughs> that's right. I'm about to um, say, I'm about to say, nah, y'all know, uh, like, nah, you're Puerto Rican, <laughs> yeah, y'all American. Yeah. But uh, but okay, so we getting into the album. The album kicks off with "Treated Like a Prostitute." It's produced by Slick Rick. Um, of course, on the surface, the title. You know, would throw some people off. Yeah. But, you know, the subject matter kind of turns that around, right? Because of what he's talking about and the type of woman that he's talking about. Yeah. It's, it's, you get the impression like, oh no. And the chorus also is like, uh, but he also says, you know, until you show her uh, the scoop. And he's basically like, yo, make sure you're aware that, and he also says it too, make sure you're aware feelings are reciprocated. Make sure it's not a, ju- a girl just using you for whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, make sure that you don't get played like a dummy. And he gives examples through his art and storytelling. Yeah, it's a lot of lessons in this album. Um, mm-hmm. And this is just one of them, like, on the surface. Well, you, you were going to ask something. I mean, nah, this was, a pro- this was a problematic song. But, like, this was, like, a song that was played at parties. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, um... Yeah, like it's just it's just funny, like when you think about it now, right? Because at this time, my mom was a teenager. In nineteen eighty eight, my mom was nineteen years old. So, <laughs> like you know, when she tells me this, I'm just like, whoa! Like my mom was nineteen, my dad was twenty. My dad was in college. My mom was like home raising me and shit. And yeah. like when she couldn't get away to go out, like songs like this were being played, and like they would get they, they would come on, and then like you know she's doing the fucking Running Man or some shit. For this. <laughs> <laughs> yo, yo, yo. She didn't like a prostitute. <laughs> Your mom doing the Running Man to this is know. hilarious. I'm just saying, like it's just funny. Like I'm like, what? Like what do you mean? Like they would play this song? Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, that like, takes us into was, yeah. what were you gonna say? I'm just like, I'm like, damn, like, just picturing that, yeah, <laughs> like, what? It's like, just to this song, it's just like the running man, yeah, now. <laughs> like, why, like, you know, <laughs> he not talking about me, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that takes us into the rulers back, which is the track that Danny was talking about when, um, when you mentioned Jam Master J because he produced this one. Um, Rulers back, man. This is like the braggadocious early, this early, early rap. Him, you know, him like, talking his shit. Him like, talking his shit. Yo, so there's a story about how um, Slick Rick and, and Big Daddy Kane like were like in competition because basically Slick Rick felt that Kane kind of like stole his like Slick Rick's image. Mm-hmm. As far as like walking around like Ric Flair and shit like that, like walking around with fur, <laughs> walking around with old jewelry and shit like that, like that was pretty much yeah. like Ric Flair, like you know, no, I get to, getting that from him, right? Mm-hmm. So like they will go on tour and like pretty much like sometimes like 
it, it would like flip flop. So like Slick Rick used to complain. He's be like, yo, why is he opening? Like, wh- like why? Like he would want to open, or then he would want to close. So like one night, Big Daddy came, like, cause he would come out with the performance and shit like that, and like he was really like, he was like, yo, what the fuck is this dude problem? And Slick Rick, like, pulled out like a machete and tried to like kill him. <laughs> Oh shit! And it was like a big deal, and like Slick Rick was always getting into issues. Like he was slap boxing with Rakim, and since Rakim was short, like he slapped Rakim and like knocked the, knocked his hat off his head. And Rakim got really mad about that shit. Like it was just Bro. always something that like Slick Rick was doing, like fucking with people. Wild Caribbean in him, just picking fights with everybody. <laughs> but yeah, the rule is mean- back, and and like uh, another thing. The rulers back, the flow that he used on the on the on the rulers back is the same thing they use on Lottie Dottie with Dougie mm-hmm. Fresh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, wow. Yeah, I, I never I, realized that. I feel like this is also like a kind of um, one of the first like claimings of the title when he came and said, "I'm the ruler." Like, like, like. I feel like people say they're the best, but I feel like at that time they all dropped. Like. Mm-hmm. Like I think they're all in the same lane of that with with Rock. Yeah, Kumo 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 D did it early on, um, and then when he I forgot who who the hell was the dude that he bought, battled back in the day. Um, KRS One. No, well, no, no. Uh, Kumo D battled LL Cool J, but before that, to oh. get the title that he won at Harlem World on 125th Street, I forgot the gentleman's name that that he battled. And like that was like Kumo D becoming the so like the best rapper alive title wow. is what happened. And I can't remember the dude's name, but basically he's right. He's like ball to the ball to bang. Like he used to do that, and that was him freestyling. And Kumo Fred D Jones. actually, no, I, I knew you were gonna fucking say <laughs> that's that. Yeah. That's yeah. Kid Rock. That's Kid yeah, Rock. Kid yeah, Rock. yeah. yeah. But that's where he got that from. But nah, like I forgot the rap. Right? I, I might as well just Google it. That was now. my shit too. But. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, like basically, Cool Mo D came in and started like straight up like freestyling, and you know, shout out to all of them. You know, he won. <laughs> you looking at yeah. up now? Yeah, this uh, this is also one of the most like quoted songs I feel in hip hop. The it ruler's is. back. Yeah. Um, like and a lot parts of, of the song. Yeah, in a lot of different ways. I think Busy B. Oh, it was Busy B. Yeah, so he battled Busy B, and back then Busy B used to do the same thing all the time. He would come out and get the the crowd hype because back then, you know, MCs were just like mm-hmm. the hype men. And Kumo cool D came out and just started calling him a bum and saying that he sucks and he can't dress <laughs> like do do like a rap battle, like yeah. a real live rap battle, and it, it fucked people's heads up and like kind of like changed the trajectory of rap. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. Imagine like a nigga coming in, he just in there like ball to the ball to bang the bang, and then Kumo he just comes in there and like, "Fuck your mother, yeah, fuck your mother, your breath stinks." First rap battle had to be so fucking intense, bro. Somebody just coming at you like, yeah, like, like whoa, bro, what you doing? Like, what, like, why aren't you like, why aren't you rhyming? Imagine shit together, like. Fuck your breast sticks. Uh, <laughs> one, two. <laughs> and it don't stop. I love seeing those memes like, yo, the worst thing in the world back then was to be called a sucker MC. Because, <laughs> like, it'd be, yo, it'd be these crazy memes. It's nah, hilarious. bro. Like, think, think about, well, think about before that, like, our grandparents, the worst thing to be called was a jive turkey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it sounds like Vietnam War stories when, when people talk about it, but back then. <laughs> right? Back in my day. Back in my day. Um... So, so the ruler's back is followed up by Children's Story, which uh. is produced by Slick Rick himself. Whew, what isn't, what hasn't been said about this song, right? Yeah. Like what, like when um, <laughs> this song was made in one take. 
Oh yeah. Yeah, he doesn't have. There's no hook on it. He literally told the story, and it was a, and it's a cautionary tale about mm-hmm. um, two friends. They they become uh, thieves. Mm-hmm. Thieves. And one of the kids can't stop stealing. Yeah, he gets addicted <laughs> yeah. to it. He gets addicted it's to stealing. It's a though. Yeah. Um, but, but then, no, yeah. He dies at the end, doesn't he? Yeah, he gets yeah, killed. He yeah. gets killed by a cop, right? Yeah, he gets yeah. killed by a cop. He, he, rob, he, he, cop, rob, cop. Yeah, he, he robs an uh, undercover cop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And once he realizes it, it's too late to, like, get away. And, yeah, cop shot the kid. Shop, shop, shop. Yeah. So, uh, so I think... And this is part of Slick Rick's appeal, especially back then, for, like, me listening as, as, uh, as young as I was... The stories aren't really that intricate. They're easy to follow along. It's uh, it's done great. He sounds great. The production is great. Like everything just, and it's not necessarily clean rap because the subject isn't clean. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's easy to just follow through, you know. And mm-hmm. and it's and you can like picture it when you're listening to it, um, which I think really works well for him. So children's story is like. That shit transcended. Like that yeah. shit, it, it's such a big. It's one of the singles, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, this had five singles all together. I'm not. I'm not I think not, it had I, three. It was three singles. Yeah, yeah, I think it had three. It was three. And uh, hey, also, young world, Mona Lisa, teenage love, children's story. So four. And that's four. Yeah. Okay. okay. Four. Yeah. And uh, what's the next? The next one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The next one is the moment I feared. All right. I, I, this is my thing, right? This is how talented this dude was. If you listen to it and you just hear his voice, you're like, oh man, this dude is making like these horrible ass stories sound like Dr. Seuss songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that was just, that's like impressive as hell to me because he's telling these stories and like when you listen to the lyrics, you're like, yo, this is a terrible story, mm-hmm. but he's making it sound good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, not that the story's terrible, it's, it's the content of it. It's yeah, like, it's like, a dark like, story like, that it's he's a dark telling. story, but it's like, it's definitely uh, uh, it's a lesson in it also, and mm-hmm. it's like, yo, if you're gonna be doing dirt, expect to uh, be in situations. Um, also, this song I I didn't like because the guy who's getting cheated on, his name is Danny, and I I didn't like the way <laughs> Rick was talking. And um, but uh, it, it's basically it's the story of him. He's cool with this dude Danny, and then he uh. His Danny's he bumps into Danny and his girl. He gives them uh, uh, he guides them to some place that he's like, oh yeah, no, that's right next to my crib. Like they're asking for directions. He walks them there, and uh, he's like, all right, well I live here. I'll see you guys later. And then like apparently the next day, this dude's girl just knocks on his door like, yo, what's up? And uh, they go to her crib, and Danny shows up, and he has to kill Danny. <laughs> it's a dark, and, and he tells this story. And such a fucking uplifting, chipper voice. It, yeah. It's just, it, it throws you off until you listen to the content. It's it, like, and, holy shit. And the, it starts off with him getting made fun of for not being able to afford jewelry. Mm-hmm. And then after he kills Danny, Danny's girlfriend puts him onto all of Danny's coke. And he robs, he then kills her, takes all the coke, and sells it so he can get his chain finally, a real chain. And this song samples um, Out of Here by KRS One. Did he? What was his relationship with KRS One like? Do you know? He was a dickhead. So, Slick Rick had no good relations with rappers, bro. <laughs> like he did. Like it was like competitive nature, but he was addictive. Yeah, that's that. That's that braggadocious. I'm better than everybody type shit. Um, let's get crazy. Follows that though, and it's produced by the Bomb Squad. How we feel? It's a great song. 
I'm not really a fan of Let's Get Crazy. Let's really? Get Crazy is one of my lesser favorite songs by Sick Rick. Yes. Yeah, I never really liked this one that much. I'm not much. a fan of Let's Get Crazy. Like that, like this is actually one of the low points of the album for me. It 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 it, it uh part of it gives me Beastie Boy vibes, which I kind of like. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I can see that. <laughs> I get it. I, I can see that. I can see that actually. Um, we can move on to the next one, which is Indian Girl. Yo, an adult story. Yo. <laughs> Yo. Yo, why is like I just like why what is he doing on the Indian reservation? <laughs> oh, that's that's your problem with the no, story. Well, no, that that's where I, that's where I'm gonna start. <laughs> okay. Then he goes and he makes he makes the Indian noises. Mm-hmm. Like Yo. when he wrote, pulls up on Shorty, like how do you go when you pull I, up on Shorty? Davy Crockett was a frontiersman who used to fight the Indians and kill he, them all. So he's yeah, basically and, and scalp their heads. Native Americans, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. We we mean Native Americans. The oh, song David, is David politically incorrect, and it's named Indian Girl. But yeah. we mean Native Americans, right? And um, basically, he's raping her uh, mm-hmm. because she says no and stops several times. Yeah, and he takes that as an excuse to keep going forward. She thought she was playing hard to get. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually, she apparently gives in. But then he goes off the wall and decides he needs to look her, as he quotes, put look the vagina face to face. And he opens it up and he says he sees tribesmen doing like Native American dancing and he imitates their, I guess, uh... The song, I guess. Yeah, yeah I don't want to say it because, you know, he does a mocking of... Um, yeah. Native American culture, and it's Can't just cra- it's it's crazy to hear now because like as a kid you think nothing of it, and it's been years since I heard this album. Nah, I knew it was wrong first time I heard it. I did it. I, I did, did it. I heard it, and I was like, "Yo, what is this dude doing?" I did it, and but now I'm like, "Holy shit!" Like I knew it. I always knew it was rapey. That was weird, but it's more the cultural aspect to of it, and like like I'm like, "Damn!" Like he really got away with all of that mm-hmm. and then he ends it by saying that the girl gave him crabs yeah insane but then also like like you said like i mean there was always the aspect of this being wrong but then i don't know for whatever reason back then that shit that was wrong just they just let go nobody really yeah it was just everybody championed freedom of speech in a different way back then right yeah because it, you got to think when this album came out, the par- the parental advisory sticker didn't even get put on. Yeah, yeah, you're yet. right. That didn't yeah. happen until after Uncle Luke. Yeah, you're right. Um, that takes us into Teenage Love. Teenage Love is produced by the Bomb Squad. Um, I was gonna ask too. Do you think he was inspired by I Need Love? He wasn't inspired. He was forced to do the song. I, I was just going to mm. get into that. They told him that he had to do this song because I Need Love was becoming such a, a big hit. Yeah, and that like, was only a year prior. And Def Jam kind of like had like a formula, and that was like his beef because he wanted to be nothing like LL. Because mm-hmm. like LL was like it's funny, like LL was looked at as like hard back then, but like after I Need Love came out, I, like he was kind of getting like teased for being yeah. like this ladies nigga, ladies yeah. man. And stuff, so like people was like, "Yo, this dude's not like you know, like he's not hard, like he's not making music that we yeah, really yeah. want to do." And Slick Rick just did it, but he was like, "All right, I'm just gonna put my own spin on this shit. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not gonna be soft, like uh, like in a sense." A teenage love, mm-hmm. yeah. You can you can kind of hear the elements of it because yeah. LL I it sounds like the same sample almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it was just bigger than life, and like when I was listening, I'm like, 
OL came out. I need love. That was in eighty seven, and mm-hmm. this was eighty eight. So yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> um, what follows that is Mona Lisa. <laughs> Mona Lisa is produced by Slick Rick himself. Another monster song. <laughs> what well, this is um, one of the greatest hip hop hip hop songs. Mona Lisa is one of the greatest hip hop songs ever made. Mm-hmm. Period. Is is dope, and then also what I think is dope is how he made this song, and he's he's using like his different personas and shit. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's dope as well too. Like he's acknowledging that like All right, I have different personas, and I think that is what put him over the top with a lot of people as far as putting them as his favorite MC because yeah. that was mm-hmm. that was like unheard of. Like wait a second, like. You know, you got Ricky D, and you have Slick Rick, the ruler. Like it was just something where, like, he was actually able to let you know, like, yeah, there's two sides of me, and yeah. like, acknowledge it, and then put it and and put it on wax, and like do it so cleverly. Like it was yeah. just dope. It was it was unheard. It was never yeah, done it before. It was very ahead of his time, um, especially with the wave of um of alter egos that came after this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like almost every rapper has their alter ego. Yeah, they have to. 2007 like, or yeah, 6 yeah. was crazy. Everybody had an alter ego. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, but you, you have to. Like, basically, with him doing that, like, everyone has, like, Nas definitely dived into it. Like, mm-hmm. he has, like, alter egos. Eminem, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Biggie. Like, like a lot of our, like, huh? oh, yeah, all the Wu-Tang mm-hmm. members have oh, alter Wu-Tang. egos, right? Biggie, Jay. Yeah. Like, that's just, like, a thing. Like, it kind of, like, came, like, where you, like, kind of, like, have to do that, I guess, whenever you're trying to get into whatever mindset. It gives you, you know? Yeah, it gives you an excuse to tap into, like, another side, mm-hmm. you know? And then in interviews, it got weird. Like, oh, that wasn't me. That was Sasha Fierce. Like, it was just yeah. weird. It's like, all right. <laughs> um, the next song that follows that is Kit. What's the Scoop? It's produced by the Bomb Squad. Yeah. I thought that this was dope because, like, in 88, uh, Night Rider was, like, the biggest TV show out. And, like, basically, he's he's speaking from as as Michael Knight and Kit, the, yeah. the car from mm-hmm. Knight Rider, and taking on that concept, right? And that's pretty dope because it's just like, yo, like, Knight Rider was the shit. I wish he would have I wish, I wish flipped the Knight Rider beat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that probably would have been, for the time, that would have been crazy bread for hip-hop. Nah, but no, like, up. back then, like, sampling wasn't, like, it wasn't... At that time, because hip hop was, so, that's why people were able to sample so much back then. Mm. Like they can't, like dudes had to come back. So the first, the first time, I, if I'm not mistaken, that like um, sampling became like a, a huge deal was when was MC Hammer and Vanilla Ice. That's because they they because they were the number one songs in the country, like, and hip hop like was still like this small niche thing. So like, artists was able to like sample shit and be okay. Mm-hmm. And then here comes fucking MC Hammer sampling all this James Brown, <laughs> and then James Brown was like, all right, he took him to court and like basically got like half of everything. And then Rick James came and got half of everything. Yeah, Rick James, Rick James like so like solely didn't come home from jail broke because of MC Hammer. He had to like get all the royalties from MC Hammer for like what he was sampling. <laughs> Think about that. Thank God for MC Hammer. Like we wouldn't have, we might have not have gotten Rick James as long as we did. Right. That's crazy. But yeah, I I think that this song was really clever as well. It was a dope concept, and like I, it was just with Slick Rick, like what he was doing, like he was a visionary, mm-hmm. and like he and you could tell that he had a very like funny sense of humor and. I think personally that if he would have got more time, he definitely would have came up with like a cartoon or something like that. I think so. Yo, you don't know what's crazy? I bet you that Slick Rick would do amazing, an amazing children's show. 
I think he would too. I think it would have like I his think old version of Lamb Chop. It, it would have elements in it for adults, though. Yeah, nah, sure. he would have to completely tone it down. It would have to be for children. Mm. <laughs> but nah, I'm just saying, like, if he, he did his own version of Lamb Chop, I, I can see him doing an adult swim cartoon. No, I'm not talking about adult. I'm talking about for kids, Danny. Like solely for children, for kids. Yeah, but we're entertaining that we like the other idea better. <laughs> no, you are. Okay. Nah, I like both. I like both. I think I like. Um, if he did an Adult Swim one, Danny's that'd be, always that'd like, be yeah, dope. But let's make it dark, always. <laughs> um, so that follows up with Hey Young World. Yes. Hey Young World is produced by Slick Rick, of course. Of course. This is where Nas got um, Whose World Is This, the mm-hmm. concept for that. This song is also one of uh, most Def's favorite songs ever. And um, I just think that this is this is just a dope song and I love just, how Lloyd flipped this too by the way yeah man, of course man. oh my goodness man, yes. that was really good I think that was all Irv Gotti though I think Irv Gotti came, uh, like, yeah. brought that concept to yeah, him and I can see that I think um, there's it, it inspired so many other songs too like it's kind of like the original I Know I Can well yeah mm-hmm. I think Nas definitely like like Nas and most definitely like, love Slick Rick and yeah. I, if I'm not mistaken like I think that like Slick Rick is Nas's favorite rapper like his first favorite yeah. rapper and then like you know obviously he respects MC Shan you know he respects Kane Rakim and um, Cool um, Cool G Rap but like I think Slick Rick is his favorite like, that would make like, sense because yeah. Nas is really good at storytelling and like specific storytelling mm-hmm. like his storytelling is very pristine like, right. like Slick Rick is um so, Hey Young World is followed by Teacher Teacher. You alright? He was a fucking goofball, bro. Yeah, and it's produced by the Bomb Squad. He's just, he was just a class clown. Like, he was just a consummate class clown, mm-hmm. and he just had, like, a lot of, like, uh, nasty humor about himself. Mm-hmm. Like, I just... And a, a lot of him. a lot of his songs, and I get and I get why you say that about the um, the cartoons. I more so see Slick Rick as, like... Like, um, something like, I don't know, the article I did for 21 Savage, something like that could be done for Slick Rick where his, his lyrics can be made into, you know, Absolutely. exaggerated cartoons no, no, or made series. This, I feel like there was a, car, uh, uh, cart, not a coloring book rather that was based on, uh, on the teacher, teacher, on the adventures or, or the album. Rick, the whole okay. album. I bet. I'm pretty sure there were. I'm pretty sure, some, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure if you're going to Etsy. Yeah, it probably is. Um, I, but I think he's a. I think he inspires a lot of shit like that because, like, his lyrics are so colorful and imaginative. Like, and you I can just see it. I kind of feel like he does try to put a lesson in it, though. Oddly enough, like, yeah. Like, and even in this, everything. this is definitely like a, a lesson. Like, you know, talk to the youth mm-hmm. song. Yeah, and in uh, all of his shit, like early shit. I mean, this whole album mm-hmm. has is just filled with lessons. At the end of it, um, yeah. and it's blatant too. Cautionary tales, yeah. Um, and the album caps off with "Lick My Balls," and it's produced by the Bomb Squad, which is you know so. this this song is a sharp left from the rest of the album. With that's why I like that it's at the end. This was apparent. This was told to me it was like a, a live show crowd pleaser because it was him. Uh, you know how sometimes. So Slick Rick had an interview that I watched, and he said that he named the song this because rappers will always say, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to shit on him. And he was like, nah, these niggas going to have to lick my balls. <laughs> and that's where he came from. And it was just him, like, he just always was, like, proclaiming, like, his, like, because he he, he had that, that voice in that tone, like, he always, like, talked down to other rappers and other MCs mm. and basically just let it be known, like, that he's 
the 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 better rapper, the the more superior rapper. And I think. Do you think it's that, just because he has a British accent? It yes. Comes off, yeah. <laughs> like I think no. that's the only reason yeah. it comes off more pompous than anything. No, that's absolutely what it is. Yeah. Like I wish Twenty One Savage would embrace it. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Like if he embraced it for like a couple videos. It, it, yeah. No, if he like really does like does embrace it, I would love it. Like yo, go go do a fucking uh, grime uh, song real quick. Like, I, like oh, if that, he came, that would yo, sound fire. Yo, bro, I think so. Man. I think I think Skepta is fucking dope, bro. I think the fact that Skepta talks like you know what I'm saying like uh, he's a part of the royal family and he yeah. raps is dope. I watch everybody in Top Boy, and I'm like, "Why is it, like you? What do you mean you're poor? You, you talk you you talk rich." <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, like this like this closing song of the album, yeah, like it's a stark contrast to everything that he was doing. But I think it was just like something fun that he wanted to like add on to the album just to end it off. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, um, the is it, is just it's just interesting that like how he how confident he was. Like and that and I think that's another thing, like because like he was he he represented what an MC was supposed to represent as far as like confidence. Yeah, yeah. Like he like if you look naturally, up co- it wasn't confident, no textbook yeah. confidence nah. type shit. Yeah, no. If you yeah. look up confident rapper MC, Slick Rick is in that mm-hmm. in the dictionary. His face is there. It's, yeah, he just speaks so condescendingly. Yeah, like mm-hmm. it's it it just you can't help it. It's braggadocious without trying to. Uh, Without having to floss, yeah. right? It's, right. It's Muhammad Ali, it's Gorgeous George, it's Ric yeah. Flair. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, like what he does. You know, Slick Rick wouldn't have been would have been an amazing wrestling personality. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, well, he, well, either I, maybe he would have been a good manager. I don't think. I don't know. I don't think yet. I mean, because he can't wrestle yeah, with one eye. But yeah, he would have been. <laughs> he, it would have been cool. You got to see what's coming. Sorry, he'll be. <laughs> You needed to add that, didn't you? Of course. But no, he. it would have been cool to just have him in the ring and then maybe have like a hit every now and then because you get those personalities yeah, in wrestling, yeah. right? That Bobby end up Brady, in the ring yeah, yeah. and they'll end up snuffing somebody yeah, just every now and yeah. then. Him, yeah. yeah, him being one of those. Would it's funny because there was a wrestling manager. His name was Slick. They used to come to the ring and like he used to come out and dance and shit like that with this dude named Bad News Brown. I'm sorry. I I, I I watch like a lot of old wrestling too, and it's this dude named Slick, and I think they got him from Slick Rick. <laughs> That's interesting. It's funny, but um, but that brings us that brings us to the close of the Great Adventures of Slick Rick. Um, Danny, what's your rating? Um, four out of five. Okay, and what's your reason? The only reason it goes slightly down is because some of the content hasn't aged well, but overall, it's 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 one of the most it's one of my favorite albums mm. of all time. Okay. Um, I think it's one of the most important albums. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's one of those albums that if you're going to give somebody an intro to rap, this is one of them that I'd... Uh, that okay. I'd if you're giving, like, a beginning to end or, like, even just, you know, like, like what old school stuff should I listen to? Like, if I was talking to a, a kid who wanted to rap now, I'd be like, yo, listen to that and see how... Just off of how much fun he's having. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that's a big thing that... that a lot of rappers don't sound like they're having fun. Everybody's just killing each other. Which yeah. is which which might be fun. It's fun to listen to sometimes. But, yeah. But, um, it's like, it's but a, this is a nice break from that. Uh what's your rating? I gave it a four and a half out of five. The reason why I gave it a four and a half out of five is because some of the songs um over time have not aged well and it's and is and it's kinda of like a time castle. And that's not a bad thing, right? But I just say that I don't give it I don't say that it's the perfect album. Because I don't think that this album can come out at any time, mm-hmm. right? It's a very dated album, one. And then two, also, um, 
not even just comparing it to itself, like not comparing it to albums now, but compared to the other albums that came out in '88, it's not better than some of the, the albums that came out in '88. It's not the best project that came right. out in '88, right? Mm-hmm. But is innovative so it's like that's why I'm just like a four and a half like cause it's a damn near classic because it's the first of it's kind so it's like if you're in a storytelling rap class like you have to use this project this has to be the project that's studied right so I understand why it's a classic for some people but I have to take off that half a point that that half a point for myself because I'm like alright it's not perfect like it's mm-hmm. not it's not a flawless album it has its flaws um Rick Slick Rick isn't as because you have MCs that came out that that dropped that year like Rakim and Kane and KRS right he what he's not a better rapper than any of those three rappers mm-hmm. right obviously he he does something really well and he really leaned into that and he perfected it and did it probably the best and I want to say that arguably he had the best album cover that year too amazing album cover mm-hmm. right I but, wish he had different sneakers on. I do too, but I mean, he's he's you know he's Jamaican, so like they wore those. <laughs> not for real. I'm not being funny. I'm not saying it like no, that. No. Like it was, it's, it's their coaches. They should. Um, I think for me, I'm gonna give this album a three and a half. I think as as amazing and groundbreaking as this album is for storytelling, um, you guys kind of already touched on the reasons for me. Like um, some of the content. I mean, mind you, is 88, of course. A lot of the content gets by, so that's a really, really big, you know, point for it. But for me, um, a lot of the content on here didn't age very well. Uh, there's there's songs on here that I love. Obviously, Children's Story, The Ruler's Back, uh, um, um, Teenage Love, I really like, Hey Young World. So, like, the ones that I really like on here, I really like. But um, the ones that I don't care for, overall, is just... I don't see myself going back to this album that often, but I respect it. It has more on the respect level. It's through the roof. Like, it's off the charts. But musically, I don't I don't really revisit this that much. But I appreciate what it's done for hip-hop and the progression. I understand that. Like, me me knowing you, like, I understand exactly where you're coming from. You just know me. Like, I'm, like, the consummate, yeah. like, go back and listen to music from this time period. Mm-hmm. And I think I was one of those people that had like a a young parent so like mm-hmm. this is the music that like I've been hearing since I was out the womb yeah. like I was born in 86 this album came out in 88 like so it's, it's kind of like embedded in me mm-hmm. to like hear it and it brings back a, a it brings back like very like I I guess let me collect my words when, you know how sometimes like when you hear music and it kind of brings back a, like a really good feeling or memory to you. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. like whenever I hear this project, it's like yeah, mm-hmm. there you go. It's, it's a nostalgic feeling that I have, so I can't deny it. And then because like I had young parents, which also made me have like other younger mentors that are around me when I told them about music. Like this album was one of those albums that like was constantly like talked about and constantly like pushed on me. Like even like when I talk to other musician like artists now you know if I ask them like yo what do you think about the adventures of Slick Rick like they have a story or they tell me how much they respect it and I think you know that goes a long way so and I think that's solely like why like Slick Rick like he doesn't have to do anything ever again and like this album just does that for him right it's catapulted him to that much and I think that says a lot too because there's a lot of artists that that, like I know Slick Rick has put out other albums but there's a lot of artists who put out so many albums and they don't have that 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 groundbreaking album yeah. or that landmark yeah. album that people can like lean on and everything so I think that that makes a huge difference like take somebody uh, this is gonna sound fucked up right and maybe I might I might be alone in this 
But like, take somebody like Jaro. Always had hit singles, right? But mm-hmm. I don't think that he has an album that people go to and they're like, oh man, they can make a great Jaro playlist. But I don't think there's a Jaro album that like somebody's like, oh man, this album was iconic. Or, I remember this. It's mostly his songs of him like killing 106 and Park. Pain is Love? You don't listen to all of it. I you, think you, I would you, say Rule 336. That was, was his big album. That was the first one. That's the, the one we'll put it Betty Betty Vici was the first album. With yeah. the Red Bandana. No, no, that was the one that that, that that was his first. Yeah. But I mean, like, when he started his run. Rule 336 was the one. That was what put it on me. That's and the I Six cry. Feet Underground. <laughs> yeah, I Cry, Six Feet Under. But no, I get for the most part. You're right though. Yeah. Um, yeah, that right. is, I think that okay. is like his. Like, like, people like, don't. People don't say. People don't mention Jaru's albums. They, they talk about singles. his singles. They yeah. talk about how he had the charts. Like Jaru did numbers, but like his singles is what really sold. Like people don't talk. Like people talk about the adventures, of, the great adventures of Slick Rick, the body of work. Yes. Like you know what I'm saying. So like that's all I'm saying. I'm just saying like there are some artists like that they actually care about that shit. Like they're like oh, I don't like you know they want to like be on the charts and everything like that. And then there's some artists where it's like you're talking about their body of work and yes. like that just makes a difference. Yeah. Yes, I get that. Um, yeah, I'm comfortable with this rating, guys. I actually this rating went exactly how I thought it would go. Uh, I no, think, you thought I was gonna say it was a classic. I thought so, but then when you said four and a half, I was like, okay, that makes sense. Like it just flushed out my initial thought. But um, I'm first class Reg, and I'm Tori and B. We out of here. Crumbs. <laughs> <laughs> In the criminal justice system, the people are represented by two separate yet equally important groups the police who investigate crime, and the district attorneys who prosecute the offenders. These are their stories.